I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. I'm talking quietly because I'm about to leave for work. It is currently, it's five to five and everyone else in the house is asleep. And then I've just realised that I've, I need to do this before I go. So, uh, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great one and all that. Uh, it's the most depressing time of the year, isn't it? The return to work after Christmas. Anyway, that's by the by, what a depressing start to this. Today's episode of Hip Hop Saved My Life is uh, the live episode from just before Christmas at the Indigo at the O2. It was an amazing night. If you came to that night, um, I really mean it. Thank you so much, man. It was really good fun. Uh, I was a bit stressed out because it's like the biggest we've ever done. Like the previous Hip Hop Save My Life we've done live was like 150 people. No, maybe 200. I don't know. It was in the hundreds anyway. And then this is like 2000. So it was, that sounded like a brag, didn't it? But I didn't mean it like that. I just meant just before Christmas, you do a show of that size, you're shitting yourself. So I, I also want to thank everyone at Off The Curve for helping to organise. Um, Professor Green was amazing. Martin Too Smooth came back to be resident uh, Hip Hop Save My Life DJ. He was great. Cassis Dead did a performance, amazing. Barney Artist smashed it. Uh, and Pro Green did a performance as well, as well as being on the podcast. It was a wicked night and it was topped off by an incredible set from DJ Yoda, like a video set. It was amazing. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming out. We raised a lot of money for Calm. It was all in aid of Calm. Um, it was a surreal night. Uh, mainly, the surrealness was brought to the evening by the fact that we got a FaceTime call from Chuck D, which we've included on the podcast, but I don't think either of us, during that phone call, as a result of technical difficulties, were really clued up on what the other person was saying. It was mental, because those of you that are there will know, but essentially, the image froze... And then it was me just looking up and sort of talking into the mic and hoping that Chuck D could hear me. Anyway, we've included that phone call here. I hope you enjoy it. Happy New Year. This has gone on way too long. Hip Hop Saved My Life. Goodbye. This is the Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back because it's time for the podcast. It's about that time before I introduce you to the host with the most, the lyrical killer from Crawley, the Asian sensation. He goes by the name of Ramesh Ranganathan London. Give it up. Speak pimping, baby. Yes, Indigo O2, how we doing? We good? Thank you. Fucking hell, Sorry. mate. I just wanted to make sure people knew you were on Yeah, stage. but people shit themselves, mate. Brown guy with a beard comes out and a fucking bomb goes off, do you know what I mean? 
This is mental, mate. Uh, how are we doing? We good? Please take a seat, take a seat, relax yourselves. Uh, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, how are we feeling? Are we excited for Christmas? Okay, so who uh, listens to the podcast? So I'd say about half of you. The, the rest of you are going to uh, have a shit time. Uh, I'm going to be straight out with you. No, I'm joking. Uh, it's very nice to have you here. Uh, we are doing this tonight for charity, for the charity Calm, uh, the campaign against living miserably. So, uh, you have done a wonderful thing by coming out tonight. We're going to have a great time. Uh, I'll explain to you how it's going to work. Uh, we're going to have a little chat with, uh, well, we're going to bring out Rumage in a bit. Um, yeah, that's about appropriate reaction for him. And then uh, we're going to have a little chat with uh, Professor Green. I like Pro Green, man. Okay. I can't... I can't adjust to the explosions, man. I, I... Is that better? Okay, what have you got? What, what, what else have you got? Do you want a Christmas one? Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. What is it? Christmas? Bah, humbug. That one's for you. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> Any others? Uh, nice. Fresh one. Yeah. Air horn you just heard. We got the uh, reggae bashment laser. <laughs> Sounded a big ting. Yeah, like that. Do you like that? <laughs> Sounded a big ting. Appropriate. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm Sri Lankan. We are notoriously under endowed. Um, anything else? Explosions. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's the proper one. Uh, okay, no. so uh, we're going to have uh, Professor Creed on. Then we're going to have a little interval. Then we've got some performances for you. Then Yoda's going to play. It's going to be amazing. Are we excited? Yes. Good, 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 good. Thank you so much uh, for coming. I appreciate it. Uh, please, could you give it up for uh, our resident DJ, Martin Too Smooth? Okay, so uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bring on our my co-pilot on this podcast. Um, many people uh, say that his appearance on the podcast is pointless, and I would agree. But we're friends. Um, by the way, has everyone does everyone know what Rumage looks like? Who doesn't? Just by a, a, a noise, any kind of noise. Who doesn't know what Rumage looks like? Who does know what he looks like? Okay, you're about to have your fucking minds blown. This is insane. Ladies and gentlemen, could you go wild, go crazy for Rumage? All right. Hello. Hello, Martin. Hey, Ramaj, how you doing? Good. Thanks um, for that intro, Ramesh. Pardon? I said thanks for that intro. No problem, no problem. It's good to have you here. Uh, is that what you expected Ramesh to look like? It's not <laughs> funny. It's, you're the only dude whose appearance is a punchline that I know, do you know what I mean? Um, how have you, how you been doing? I'm good, how are you? By the way, if any of you are thinking, are they going to get up and do anything else? No, this is the show. So you need to... Need to get on board. How are we doing up there? We good? Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. A bit livelier. Yeah, 
Yeah, we need you to be a bit... Well, no, I don't actually need you. Like, this is quite chilled and nice. Uh, how are you, Rumi? Are you good? I'm good, man. Just winding down for Christmas. Uh, what are you up to over Christmas? Uh, celebrating. Uh, that's an exclusive. What are you doing on Christmas Day? Pop a little turkey in my body. Uh, some... What? How have you made that sound sexual? <laughs> you got to be there. you got to pop a little turkey in your body. What yeah. else? Some potatoes. Right. Uh, devils on horseback. What is de- what's devils on horseback? Those little bits of uh, sausage wrapped in bacon. Aren't they? Well, you wouldn't know you're Are they vegan. not pigs in blankets? Yeah. But, a.k.a. Devils on Horseback. Is that the same... No, does anyone, yeah. No, you're chatting shit. Does somebody know what Devil on Horseback is? What? There you go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? what? Dates. Oh. Dates in bacon. Raisins. Dates in bacon. Prunes in bacon. Fuck off. <laughs> Are you serious? So somebody just took bacon and thought, how can we make this shit? Is that what it is? Are you having that? Yeah, I'll have that. Okay. Maybe it's around. And then do you go for a little bit of Christmas pudding? Little pud, mince pies. Yeah. Brandy butter. Yeah. Um, some wine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Um, and what are you doing for New Year's? Staying in. Rupert's just had a baby. Yeah. Well, nine months ago. Nine months ago, yeah. 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 But that's still new, man. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, She's not left well, the house. Well, I've got she? some news, actually. Yeah. Little bit of news. Half Sri Lankan. <laughs> the baby or me? Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, We're having another one, mate. You, what? Yeah, I wanted to tell you on stage. Are you fucking yeah, serious? Yeah. 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 She's there. Pregnant. Are you serious? Yeah. Due in July. Are you... Is that true? Holy shit. It wasn't she planned. She let you fuck her twice. No. And marry her. <laughs> mate, oh my God. Thanks, Thanks mate. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my God. Well, let's talk about that. What position? I don't remember the night that well. You don't remember the night? No. Do you remember around the time it might have happened? Yeah. Was it... Uh, so well, talk me through it. I'm lazy. Yeah. So I'd imagine she was in charge. Is that what you're asking me? I'm asking you... What position? What posi- well, I'm asking you what the, the build-up to the evening was and all that. I, so. I don't remember the specific night. Okay, so did you go out? What, what, I've had sex with her a few other times. So I know, but I'm talking about on the night. I'm talking about on the night. I'm talking about on the night. It wasn't planned, though. So I don't, it wasn't no. planned. Okay, well, another nice announcement. Totally unplanned. Yes. <laughs> Mate, we've been through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you went out. You didn't go out. You stayed in. Maybe. I can't remember specific You can't remember. Evening. Charlie, do you know? <laughs> no. Oh. Okay, fine. Um, what position do you tend to go for? Uh, the smoothest position. What does that mean? You both shave your bodies completely <laughs> before you do it. What does that mean, the smoothest? Uh, I don't know. Well, just sort of... I don't know. What are the positions? Uh, devils on horseback. <laughs> uh... What else? <laughs> so, What's your favourite position, Warren? Uh, I like to sleep my pig in a blanket. That's my <laughs> sort of. I've got me this. I've got no positions left, man. I'm, I've been married for nearly ten years. It's it's over. Oh, it is over. We're just you know it's it is that's how relationships work, isn't it? You 
have sex at the beginning and then that stops. And then, even a little Christmas Day treat? No, because I'm Hindu. So, <laughs> so, not even that. Sometimes on Diwali, I get a wristy. From who? <laughs> this Hindu prostitute down the road. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know him well. <laughs> it's too... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know what religion she is. Um, uh, no, I don't, I, don't have a, I don't really have a favoured position. My, my, no, normally, I start off begging. On your knees? On my knees, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I... Because that is true, isn't it? I mean, I don't... It's relationships. You sort of start off having lots of uh, fun and then that sort of dies off. And then you're just friends. And then that dies off. And then you've just got an empty husk. I mean, that is love. That is essentially love, isn't it? Can't wait. Mm. Uh, Martin, have you, have you used all your sound effects? Um, most of them. Have you got one for, that says pigs in blankets? Yeah. I've got a festive one. Okay. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, you've done Merry that one. Merry Christmas. There's only a few Christmas sound effects. Okay, really fine. Um, okay, right. I think the, the banter, well, I think we can all agree is now run dry. So we are going to start the podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can you please go wild, go crazy for Professor Green? <laughs> Hello, mate. You're keeping me at a safe distance. Yes. Like your position. I didn't realise. Very relaxed. Yeah. When we, start, when we set up at the beginning, I didn't realise it would be this far away. But it's all right, isn't it? Pref- I sat, I preferable, sat the wrong, to be I honest. I sat in the wrong spot, didn't I? Sorry. Um, how are you, mate? I'm good. No, that's a lie. I'm hungover. I'm dying. I actually said to you before I came out that I think this might be the end. Yeah. It was quite a nice thing just before I came on stage. That you might, you think this might, might be the end. It might be the, for me, not for you. No. Yeah, no, I'd yeah, just. December. What did you do last night? Uh, drunk too much. Uh, what was it? A special occasion? My uh, no, it's Tuesday, wasn't it? <laughs> Shit. Fucking hell, mate. <laughs> was it, what? <laughs> what were you up to? Um, do you know what? It was kind of. I, I, do you know Octavian, the rapper? Yes. But well, not personally. Octavian. Oh, nice. But but. I can't see you because the lights are so bright. Hold on, hold on. What the fuck? Am I having a stroke? No, there is. There is is something happening. (laughs) I was just like, nobody else is reacting to this. I think I'm having a fucking breakdown. There's a buzzing in my... Is is everyone else hearing that? Holy shit, bro. I can still hear That was horrific. It's still happening. What's going on? What's, What's... Oh, is it you? Sorry. So, so Monday night, Octavian was like, yeah, yeah, come by mine. Yeah, it'll be calm, he said. We'll play some PS4, he said. It'll just be me, Kills, and you. We can chill out, he said. And um, there was about 18 people there. A tattoo artist showed up, went for a bottle of tequila, a bottle of vodka, two bottles of vodka, and... Yeah, they're, they're just, they're, they're younger, innit? They're quite enthusiastic. And then I get enthusiastic and forget that I'm 35 and should be behaving more responsibly. But um, I never learn. Mate, listen. So yesterday I just thought, you know, the best hair, I mean, hair of the dog, the dog is nearly bald. Yeah. But um, I thought, yeah, I'll get through this by just having a little drink. 
Mate, I, I know I know where you're coming from. I, I went work. I went I was away for the weekend, I came home and Lisa, my wife, said to me, Oh, we're playing Cluedo and I thought it was just gonna be Cluedo, but then they brought out Guess Who and then fucking Connect Four came out. It was sick, mate. And then you know what? That <laughs> You know what? Just what about Uno? Coming to an end, that crazy bitch broke out Uno. Uh, Uno, I mean, yeah. Mate, that game. Love amazing. a bit of Uno. Yeah, I wish I had stuff to look forward to like that. Um, so, so you're feeling, you're feeling a bit, you're feeling a bit under it. I feel a little bit worse for wear. Yeah, mm. I'm kind of. This month has been incredibly hard. I know loads. Of, I'm a Sagittarian, so any Sagittarians? I don't, what is that? I don't know what the fuck it means. What, what is it? Or what bearing star it has sign. on my personality. I always, do you know, I normally lie to people when they ask me what star sign I am and they go, oh, I can, I can completely tell you're an Aquarius and I go, well, that's a shame because I'm Sagittarian. I genuinely thought you, that was like a new food diet. <laughs> genuinely. What, like vegan? Yeah. You've got a Sagittarian, I just eat fruits and pulses or some shit. So what's the characteristics of a Sagittarian? How would you describe me? I don't know. What's that? Fit. Fit? Are we 16 again? <laughs> she's, well, she's well fit. Uh, what, is, what makes us... What star sign are you? Leo. Oh. Somebody applauding for when he was born. Uh, <laughs> it's not an achievement. He didn't suddenly become a lion through, like... What's a Leo? What's the deal with Leo? Just nice to be around. Confident. Uh, really into hip hop. That's that's what it says. That's what that's what Russell Grant says. That they're really into hip hop. Right. Sweet. Um, what are you? While we're here. Uh, Aries. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Are you Aries? What what does what is Aries? Asian. <laughs> She said patient. She said patient, did she? <laughs> there it is. Ooh, fucking hell. Okay, sorry about that. Patient, what else? Packy. <laughs> oh, sex education. Okay, fine. Uh, I think this star sign chat's dead. Uh, so listen, uh, Pro Green, you're into, you're obviously into hip hop. You're a hip hop artist. Uh, I guess our first question is, our first question is, no rush, mate. Our first question is, you like to fall? How did you get into hip hop? Okay, you dropped a fucking bollock on that. Can you hear that? <laughs> that. Are you serious? You quick handing out the beers. You're here to drop the jingles. And you completely fucked it, Martin. Sorry. Martin, too smooth. Are you fucking shitting on my face, mate? Sorry. I Martin, rough as arseholes, more like. Yeah? Just off the top of my head. It's crowd work. It's just Im improvisational. Uh, okay, let's give it another go. Here's a little bit that you like to fall. How did you get into hip hop? That was better. Yeah, that was better. Good. Uh, so how did you get into it? Because you've, you've got a history... You've got a history of, like, just battling, right? So what, how, how did that come about? Does people, do people know about this guy's pedigree? This guy used to just fucking go to battles and, like, you would smash the shit out of everyone, basically. I was a nasty bastard. 
only when I was battling. And then I'd be really nice unless they wanted to fight afterwards and then <laughs> and then I'd fight. Um, no, nah, so I started out, I started listening, when, when I started, do you want to know when I started listening to rap or, or when I started making music? Well, okay, well let's start with what, when you started listening to rap. Um, I was about, I was like 12 or 13 and I went to, I used to go to a place called Roller City in um, Edmonton, which is like a skate rink. And I heard the One More Chance remix by Biggie. And before that, it was mostly jungle. I grew up in East London. DJ Brocky lived a couple rows away from me. All the olders in my flats used to drive their stolen mini metros into the flats and play, play jungle tapes blaring out of it. They also used to come back from a club called Dungeons, I think, which was on Leibridge Road. Um, These people I, just applaud words they recognise. It's an insane audience. Anyway, go on. They'd come back from like these clubs where they'd been raving to jungle and they'd be like pulling weird faces and I had no idea what that meant. I later found out it meant ecstasy because <laughs> I took ecstasy and I was pulling weird faces. Um, but so You've yeah, got to be careful, man, because I took it and my eyes never got back. <laughs> So then, yeah, and then, I heard, and then I heard the One More Chance remix by Biggie, and I was like, what's this? Um, and I started to, to get into rap then, really. Um, so I'm from quite young, um, and it quickly took over. I listened to other stuff. I used to skate as well, but I had to keep secret that I listened to like Nirvana and stuff. Otherwise, if I went outside and told my friends that I listened to it, I would have been a grunger. And that, that it, people are much more accepting nowadays. You can listen to whatever you want. In them times, that would have caused me a lot of problems in Hackney. Um, <clears throat> it was bad enough just having... I used to have to... When I, I used to go skating, I used to get on the train from Clapton Station to Liverpool Street and then change into my skate clothes when I was at Liverpool Street McDonald's because I couldn't really roll through the hood. In Are you serious? Yeah, bro, it would have been peak. <laughs> it, 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 would have, it just weren't worth the palaver. Um, but yeah, so I started to listening. I started listening to hip hop then, and then it was I was 18 before I even rapped a lyric. Um, some of my friends um, who had a, a crew called Haunted House Productions had been making music from the age of 13, and I was put on the spot because they were all rapping, and I rapped a lyric and just went bright red, wanted to hide under the table. Um, and everyone Do you remember like, what sort of stuff you were chatting? Don't no shit probably, but everyone kind of laughed because they were cussing each other, and that was something I was quite good at in the playground. But I just never made it rhyme before. Um, so yeah, I rapped my first lyric, and just I don't know, like as, as embarrassed as I was, I, I found it fun, and then I started to write stuff down. I, I started out freestyling and battling, which is you know it was in, it was all improv then, not like it, it, the artists has changed a lot now, it's developed a lot. People basically have case study files on their opponents and you can tell they've spent about three months writing. What, is your, what is your take on what's happened to now? Because like when you did it, mm. it was like you put on a track and then you would just, you would genuinely freestyle yeah. about what you saw in front of you, right? Yeah. And like about their lyric, you'd call back... You'd throw their lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. you'd throw their lyrics back at them and stuff like that. Whereas now, like you said you have to do, people like study their opponent for like weeks in advance. And yeah. then the, there's no, there's no, it's not a musical thing anymore, is it really? You That's just... why I, the, the one thing I struggle with, like there's some incredible lyrics that come out of it, but if you put it to a beat, it wouldn't work. And it's, you know, it was born through music. And to me, it has lost its musicality. You know, 99% of the battles I did, I did to a beat. Um, it leaves less room for error, which makes it, a little bit, I think, it's, I think it's more of a scary, you know, prospect having to get on stage in front of a crowd full of people who no matter how much they like you still want to see you choke. 
Yeah. Um, not knowing what the other person's going to say and just having to throw it back at them, you know, and find some way of digging into them. And I don't know, it's, it, it's just a different, it's a different art now. So when you start, but when you started battling, what happened was, is that you started, I mean, it's fair to say, I know you don't want to, I don't know how comfortable you are, but, but you were beating, you started beating everybody, didn't you? Because they're yeah. like, there's still YouTube videos now of like where you basically went on a run of, of being undefeated, like you were Yeah, we everyone, did. Right? So I, I, like, I come up around the time of, um, my first battle was at a place called Lyric Pad, which was an old bar in Camden, which is now called Blues something or other. Um, and then I got poached by Harry and Ara from the jump off. They were like, you should come to our battle night. Um, and the first jump off I went to was in Leicester Square, battled and I lost. I was like, I don't like that feeling. How badly did you lose? Not that badly, but it still hurt. Yeah, because I, I, I battled once. Once. I, and I did, I went to the Scala and battled. Yeah. And I lost. And I lost so bad <laughs> that the friends I was with asked if they could leave separately. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Martin. No, it was bad. Like I, it was really, really bad. But like, was that what was your was yours a humiliation? No, it just I just didn't like the feeling. It was weird. Like I, and I didn't really rate the person that I lost to. And then I went on to beat him a further three times across the course of my battling career. So I more than made up for it. And if you, if you came up against Romesh for the first time, you, what would you pick out? What would be your plan of attack? You've never met him before. Where are we going? Sorry, are you under the impression that I've got self-esteem to burn off or something, man? I want to see the process. Um. Okay. You don't wrap it, obviously. No, I'd be like, I come you, from the end that you'll get shiv blood. You're a sweet rapper that will get ripped up. You've got a dad bod, but ain't got any kids' blood. All lies. Okay. And, y and you? You seem like a nice bloke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be my strategy, do you know what I mean? Just sort of... Kill, kill him with kindness. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. nan used to tell me to do that, and then I used to get really annoyed at walking away from fights, and then when I would respond, it would be completely disproportionate, so I learned to just balance that. <laughs> so you were winning battles, and how far did battling take you? Battling took me all the way to the Bahamas. There was an event called the Power Summit that used to exist where all the big rappers from America, like 50 Cent was there, Buster Rhymes was there, um, and they had loads of other people. And I qualified to be the first English person to battle there, um, which put me, I felt completely out of my depth. Um, Cheering that. Can I, just, can I just say something? When it's six or seven people, it just sounds fucking awful. All right, so... Make a decision as a group if you're going to applaud and then do it. It's just... It's just absolutely unacceptable the way you're applauding right now. Sorry. Are you battling the audience? Huh? I'll fucking take all of them out. Ugly bastards. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I'm just joking. Uh, what's that? Well out of order. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you, but you're not great. No. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. What are you talking about? Pardon? 
Every joke has a bit of truth. Yeah, but you're cussing yourself. <laughs> I'm surprised you lost truth. I am ugly. <laughs> I'm quite surprised you lost that battle. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that took me to the Power Summit where I battled, um, and I beat Axel, who was um, he was signed to Shady Records, and I beat Sirius Jones, who was I think unbeaten at that point, and he had just come off the back of beating Jin. But Jin was there um, in the final, and everyone kind of wanted to see the Sirius Jones and Jim final, but they never got it because I beat him. And then I had two good rounds against Jin, and then kind of lost form in the third. It wasn't bad; it wasn't humiliation, but he took the win, yeah. so I missed out on fifty grand, which was upsetting because I used to have quite bad teeth, and I had to wait until I signed my first record deal to fix them. <laughs> had I won that battle, they would have been fixed before that. Um, but yeah, come back from that and um, I bumped into... Well, I didn't bump into him. Mike Skinner saw me battle at the B-Boy Championships. I weren't dancing, I can't dance. Um, but they would jump off for hosting MC battles in between the B-Boy Championship rounds. So he took me on his uh, 12 rounds tour to battle at every stop of the tour um, and then signed me to his record label. And I started making music properly, released lectures number one. I don't know when he, I wasn't even looking for applause. I was just trying to think about how many years ago it was. You didn't get it. <laughs> I mean that in a nice way. I'm having a go at them. Yeah, sure. You just said it looking at me. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, I released my first mixtape with, with Mike and then his record label went under. Napster had something to do with it. Napster had come out and basically Warner, who subsidised his record label, pulled all the financing. I couldn't get my records away from Warner for a year, so I went, <laughs> went back to uh, driving around on my, on my little moped, dropping things off to people. All sorts what kind of, of things? Times, like, all sorts of times, of them, like almonds and stuff. Almonds? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like whatever people wanted from the sweet shop. No. Um, <laughs> And then, um, does everyone um, know what he's talking about? Because I just want to clarify. No, and um, yeah, but then carried on making music and eventually signed my first record, major record deal to a major record label in 2009. And then the rest is, is history. Um, I, uh, when I did my battle, um, which I don't know, I'm surprised you hadn't heard about. When I did my battle, was it at the jump off? It was. Uh, what was, was it? Scarlet. It's, it's got, uh, battle scars, was it? Oh, was battle it? scars. Yeah, yeah, I did battle scars yeah. as well. You did battle scars. I did it. Yeah, yeah I think we didn't come up against each other. Um, <laughs> but Mike Skinner was at the one I was at as well, and that was the ultimate humiliation for me because, like, my friends were walking separately, like a head, like I was a fucking leper. And then as I walk through, there's loads of people just going, you fucking choked, bruv. And then as I got to the door, I just saw Mike Skinner and I thought, okay, I can't ever do this again. Do you know one of the lyrics I said? This is, my rap name was Ranger, right? There's nothing funny about it. My surname's Ranganathan. I don't see what the joke is there. But I said, this is me, Ranger, ripping it at the Scala. You can't handle the heat of my chicken tikka masala, right? But... Pull up, pull up, my selector. Now... Chicken tikka masala is like the weakest fucking curry you can get, man. It pisses me off to this day that I didn't choose like a hotter. Like if I'd have gone, my name's Ranga, and you know I don't backtrack, I'm coming at you hotter than a lamb dansack. Do you know what I mean? That would have been... Better. Yeah. My name's Ranga, I'm a great rap performer. Your style's milder than a lousy chicken korma. 
Better context. It's embarrassing, isn't it? What I'm carrying on doing this. So anyway. I've got one. Oh, fucking hell. Here we go. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, everyone. Uh, my name's Rue Maggi, and I smell like uh, onion badgie. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I mean, Cussing myself there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things. First of all... Doesn't rhyme. Well, it does rhyme, but you changed your name to make the rhyme work. And, <laughs> and you mispronounced Bargy. So it's sort of a lot of things that... It's Christmas. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Battling, here's the thing, right? Because you were an amazing battle rapper, right? as we've documented. But turning that into writing songs, that's different, isn't it? Because there's lots of people that can write, like, battle lyrics that can't go on and write. So what was, a, was, that, a, was that a big challenge for you trying to do that? Do you know what? There's a lot, there was a lot of stigma around it at the time. Like, there was a whole thing about battle rappers not being able to make songs, but I don't think people realise how many rappers actually started out battling. Biggie used to battle. There's a famous video of him on the block with a mic plugged into a, yeah. a Gato Vlaster. Um, Jay-Z used to battle. DMX used to battle. Busty used to battle. Ramesh. Ramesh used to battle. You're really pissing me off tonight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I enjoy getting into the studio. I, enjoyed, I really did. It was, um, it was a process. Like Skinner taught me a lot. When I'd, every, every time I sent him stuff, he'd be like, you should think about melody. Um, so I started to. Um, and that was weird because I'd never sung. Um, and I do now. Especially when I write stuff. A lot of the stuff that other people sing on my songs, I write. Right. But you wouldn't want to hear me sing it. I think um, we want to hear... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I want to sing... That's yeah, I don't really want to sing. That's funny that it's the first lyric I went for, but it's from Read All About It. So <laughs> for a couple of you might know the song. Nope. No, 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 no. You had your chance and you fucked it, all right? Fucked it, mate. Absolutely fucked it. Um, okay, so, and then, and so then you started writing songs and then did you feel like you made a progression it started to become easier to you? Yeah, I think it's a... Like music always starts and I think it always should like with any art you should be selfish in the creative process so I only ever go into the studio and do what I want on that day if I'm like I'm not trying to tick boxes nowadays like it's you know the music industry has changed a hell of a lot since I started even since I started out 
Um, and like people talk about algorithms and streaming, you can't have an intro this long because people will, you know, there's a, there'll be a high skip and all this shit. I'm like, mate, that's the song. Let's put it out. If people like it, it's a good song. If it's a good song, it's a good song. It's a good song. And I had funny shit happen. Like on my second album, I had a track called Trouble with a jungle loop that my A&R was like, don't want this on the album. And I threw my toys out the pram and got it on the album. Um, and then when I made my third album, because like Chase and Status and Rudimental had had huge success, they were trying to put a fucking jungle and drum and bass loop on every single song I made. I was like... Sorry, you're under the God? impression that this is a conversation with you. <laughs> but... Um, I was just like, I'm not a jungle or drum and bass artist, so we can't, we can't do that, sorry. Um, and I think that's kind of helped me not jumping on bandwagons and just, you know, making the music I want throughout my career. You know, I released photographs recently and the reception to that has been amazing. And that's fortunate, like, for having been in this industry all these years to still be able to put music out and actually have it well received is it's a fucking touch, to be honest. So how much do you, when you're making stuff, how much do you listen to other stuff that's out and about? Cause not much. I, you... just, I end up just listening to the stuff that I'm working on. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's weird actually. I only really listen to, and I have like a huge amount of music that I want to catch up on as soon as I finish making a record. Um, but yeah, when you're in the studio working on music all the time and I always drive around listening to the stuff that I'm working on, which is quite funny at the lights because someone will pull up and I'll be sat there listening to my own music. Um, Do you feel like a bit of a wanker? The sort of wanker that wanks in front of a mirror. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. But I love don't... that. You should try it once. <laughs> But, um, yeah, they don't realise it's a work in progress. Um, but then, <laughs> a yeah. wank in progress, did you say? Work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining a sign on the door. <laughs> wank in progress. I think if you were wanking in front of the mirror, I would put a sign on the door. Like, definitely. You'd have to, wouldn't you? I wouldn't want someone walking in on that. I wouldn't even want to remember it myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, so what are you listening to? Oh, sorry. So what type of, what are you listening to at the moment? Um, Hold on. We've we got to... We got a... Chill, mate. No rush. <laughs> Hold on. Is there a jingle for this? No, there ain't. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, man. What are you listening to now? What do you listen to now? At the moment, I'm listening to a lot of the stuff I'm working on. Um, but I, I got the new Triple X album that came out the other day, which sadly is released after he passed. And there's some incredible stuff on that. And I think it's really sad he lost his life so early because he was a really promising talent he was yeah. an extremely diverse artist um, and you can tell that actually he had a lot of similar influences as far as like what you listen to he referenced Kurt Cobain a lot um, and you can hear it in his music and yeah the album's really good but it's, uh, it's called Skins you should all listen to it but yeah sad that he won't be around to make any more music um, and uh, what would you say we do have a jingle for this uh, is your favourite Hip-hop album of all time. Now, hold on a sec. Hey, man, what's your favourite hip-hop album? Life After Death by the Notorious B.I.G. Okay. So, Life After Death and Not Ready to Die. Okay, and why is Life After Death better than Ready to Die? Um... 
Ready to Die was raw and it was exciting, but he felt to me like he had really mastered his craft on the second album. And I haven't heard an album that well put together, bar maybe in the Marshall Mathers LP, by way of skits, by way of production. Um, it's just, and the, tr the tracks, the only one that's a bit awkward is Fucking You Tonight by R. Kelly. Like, you might be driving in the car with your bro and. <laughs> then R. Kelly starts singing, I'm fucking you tonight. That's um, just a little bit uncomfortable. It's one of the least sexy songs I've ever heard in my life, man. And also, what a sinister thing to say to somebody. <laughs> like, if I said that to my wife, even if we were thinking about having another kid, if I turned to Lisa and I said, after dinner... <laughs> I'm fucking you tonight. <laughs> I'm fucking you tonight, right? <laughs> she would go... I'm leaving you tonight. Like, 100%, man. You can't chat to anyone like that. But besides, R. Kelly's got his own set of issues. I assume he was, I assume he was talking to somebody that was locked in his basement when he said that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. We've talked about this before, but have you heard that 19-minute song he's done? Has anyone heard this song? Is that like every part of, wasn't it, the closet or something? No, so trapped, in the closet. trapped in the closet. Trapped in the okay. closet, okay. Can we just, for a minute, <laughs> set aside the fact that R. Kelly might be dodgy? <laughs> just put that to one side. And let's talk about Trapped in the Closet, because that is one of the most incredible... Who's heard Trapped in the Closet? I sit and watch every one of those once a year. Like, I, I settle down, and I think, this is my Trapped in the Closet day. And I sit. <laughs> Her name was Bridget. She was a midget. You know, like, I mean, a fun game to play is to just live your life like you're doing the Trapped in the Closet song. Do you know what I mean? So you just commentate, like, I'm going to the toilet now. I think it might be a piss, but it could be a shit. So I, I had too much curry decay. for dinner. Yeah. I had too much curry for dinner. I probably shouldn't have finished it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> looked at my wife and said, I'm fucking you tonight. She said, what's up with you, Ramesh? Would you please stop talking shite? Do you know what I mean? Yeah? You give it a go. Coming soon. Go on, go on. Give me, you go first. Okay, go on then. You give it a go. Horrible. He's, he's, <laughs> All I had was a beer and fag for dinner. I'm going upstairs for a wank in the mirror. <laughs> 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 just to set the record straight, I've never had a wank in the mirror. <laughs> Professor Green denied it, but we thought he was lying. <laughs> Go on, it's your turn. Oh, I can't. My brain's gone empty. Martin, you want to give it a go? <laughs> We thought Professor Green was lying, but why the hell is he trying? You've got to sing it like trapped yeah, in the... Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, Martin? I, I Martin, got... what are you doing? I'm a DJ, not You've a got singer. to sing it. I'm not a singer either, mate. I'm barely a fucking comedian, but I'm giving it a go. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, you've got to watch Trapped in the Closet, man. It's unbelievable. It is amazing. But anyway, have you heard that 19-minute song? No. no. This is song. Has anyone heard this song? 
Is it a song Don't or is it an it. album? It's a song where, where he admits his sex crimes. Uh, no, it's this 19 minute song of him just admitting all the shit he's got up to. Like, he can't read. Uh, can't read? Yeah, he probably wears tracksuits more than he should do. Like, just shit like that. And then he starts talking about. It doesn't really get into the nitty gritty, but it's a 90 minute song of him. That was playing when uh, we conceived number two. What was? That 90-minute R. Kelly. That 90 minutes I thought song. you were going to say, I'm I... fucking you tonight. Yeah, yeah. No, that would have been better than R. Kelly's 19-minute admission. It's funnier. Yeah, it's funny. That's true. That's true. Um, what did you think of the Bone Thugs track on that Biggie album? One of the sick... Oh, I'm then dangerous. Ain't too many can bang with us. Straight up with... Yeah, sick. Flow's mad. That was what I loved about Biggie. You could jump on any tempo. There's a lot of rappers who struggle with that to this day. Yeah, because when I first heard it, I thought, I, I don't know if I can... Uh... I couldn't, I just, I've never heard Biggie rap like this. And then, then you go, it's just amazing that he jumped on a track of Bone Thugs and then, you, are there any Bone Thugs fans in there? I'm amazed that there are Bone Thugs fans. Not a fan. Are they still going? Uh, no, I don't think they are still going. But they're all called Bone, weren't they? Drizzy Bone. Dizzy, pardon? Crazy Bone. Crazy Bone. That's it, that's all I can think of. Uh, what did you think of Born Again? Um, there was some stuff on it I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. like uh, the music. <laughs> like, yeah. listen, listen, let's be honest. Biggie, one of the greatest of all time, that album was. Yeah, well, but it, it's, it's, you know, if someone taking his music and making money out of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, it was bad. Which, uh, it was yeah, like, oh, monopolizing on a dead man's music, I think, is a little bit... Yeah, but not only that, it was like they were taking like bits that like it wasn't even full tracks. It was like, oh, I've got a recording of Biggie when he was like getting changed or something. If we put a hot beat on it and like get Shine to come in and do a guest verse, I think we can turn this into a song. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking mental. Uh, yeah, but was that the one with um, Dead Wrong though with Eminem? Dead Wrong, yeah, that Eminem is good. Eminem raps his ass off. Yeah, yeah, that is good. That is good. What's your take on the Eminem uh, MGK beef that happened this year? Poor MGK. Like, no matter how annoying Eminem's music gets, don't just don't don't do it. Yeah. Like it's it's never like historically it's never ended well. There's not a single rapper that's come off better. Like, why would you just why? Like, I get it. He got a moment. And it was, you know, his, his, it was actually his biggest song. Um, but then Eminem dropped Kill Shot and he just reminded everyone that he would, he would. Has everyone here heard the MGK tune? Uh, so MGK, Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. Machine Gun Kelly came up with this track. It's a weird video, isn't it? It's sort of him wandering around eating breakfast cereal. He's just sort of wandering around and then he starts sort of going into it. And it's a good track. And then Eminem sort of... Uh, but there's an argument that that was like a record company kind of set up. Do you know what I mean? They just thought, let's give MGK some shine. You can have a go at Eminem. Gives Eminem a little bit of credibility again. Because, like, his previous album was... Shit, it was shit. <laughs> it was shit. It was shit. So, like, you know, there's an argument that it was just all a manufactured thing. I don't know, man. I, did you know what? I enjoy hearing diss songs, though. You don't get to hear them that often anymore. No one really releases good diss songs. There was a period where all it was was beef. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, but I, I think that it shows how good a rapper that Eminem is that he can take on MGK while still keeping that facial hair because that is... My beard's weird. That is one of the <laughs> worst beards. There are Amish people laughing at Eminem's beard. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the fucking... 
It looks like he dyes it. He, he, he dyes it. Yeah. I can't, you know, I'm 35 and I still can't grow a beard, but I, his looks a little bit suspicious as well. Well, he looks like he's just wearing a shit disguise. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's fucking kind of my insane. Point. I don't know if it's a real beard. Like, does he just tear it off when he walks off stage? I guess so. And then he thinks he's like Clark Kent or something. Nobody knows it's Eminem. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking theory is. Apart from, the only thing I can figure out is one day he thought, do you know what? I, would, I really fancy being less attractive. Let me try growing this shit beard. There, there's a new you beard. You can relate. Huh? I'm battling you. You're battling me? <laughs> yeah. We talked about battles. This is how Rupert battles. Half an hour after we finished talking about battles, he I've, thinks I've of something to say. <laughs> so you've not been listening to anything we've been saying. No. You've just when, been when sitting I'm in there bed, thinking of a lyric. I've got to get him with a beard comment. I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> this is going to absolutely smash. Um, there's a new battle now. I don't know if you've seen it between Joyner Lucas and Tory Lanez. Have you seen this? So, Joanna can rap though. Yeah. Joanna but, can really, really rap. Yeah, he's unbelievable, but Tory Lanez is pretty good, man. Like you spun him. Uh, I don't know. Look, I'll leave it up to people to decide. Of course I will. It's not up to me to be the official. I'm, a, I'm not the official adjudicator on the Joyner Tory, but, but I think that it's pretty close. It's closer than I thought it was going to be. Okay, uh, we're almost out of time. I, wanted, I do want to talk to you about... Um, You've started doing documentary. Well, not started. You've been doing documentaries for a while. And one of the things that you've sort of talked about is the perceived uh, idea of working class, a white working class man, and the, the sort of the assumption, the, the ignorance of the situ of their of the difficulties that they might face. And you sort of tackle that in your documentary. So, wh where did that come from? That that kind of it was a weird one. So when I was presented with it was a production company called Swan. Um, and I met Neil and Joe at the BAFTAs and they presented the idea to me and bearing in mind I grew up in an incredibly diverse community. I grew up in Hackney. So I was like, why working class white men? Like what's the, and you know, obviously I'd seen a lot in the news about um, Britain first um, and people having their, you know, their, their anger leveraged. And I thought- That's how I met Rupert, he was at a rally. <laughs> What were you doing there? Huh? I was trying to stop you beating the shit out of my cousin. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's tackle it. Let's, let's have a look. Let's have a listen. And it was uncomfortable. I remember being told I had to go to a rally. Not on one, but to one. Yeah. Um, and I, I never say no if people ask for pictures, but I said no. Because they were... It's not a good look, is it? It's nah, do you know what I mean? And, um, and then I spoke to a woman who's now in jail, I think, Jada, who was heading Britain first. Um, and they were, I think we were in Rochdale, where there was a paedophile ring. And they're talking about people who have already been imprisoned. They're there using the suffering of these girls to try and, you know, encourage hatred. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Um, and I was quite clear about the fact that I didn't agree with anything that they were saying. Although I said to her, you know, forget, put all this aside for a second. I understand this is what you're saying you're here for. But what the, you know, what, what is missing from Britain that you would like to see reinstilled? You know, what, what are the values, that, what, what are the things that you think are missing? And gave her an opportunity to, to say something half sensible, which she couldn't. She just started shouting at me about paedophiles. And someone said, I hope your kids get raped, to which I replied, I haven't got any kids. Um, 
but it got quite hairy and I thought I'm gonna get my head kicked in but um, I just stood there and had it out and they started telling me about myself and that I'm basically condoning paedophiles because I disagree with what they stand for and I went don't tell me about myself and I could see the film crew getting really scared because I was probably the biggest bastard there out of the film crew. There was a lot of bigger bastards <laughs> and there was a lot more of them and they were a lot more... I don't know, actually, I don't know if they were more angry than I was, but um, it was a pretty difficult situation. But what was good was the kid that um, that was supposed to be at that rally who'd kind of been taken under the... He'd, been home, he'd ended up homeless and got taken under the wing of this guy, Steve. And, um, and had we not have met him... I think he would have gone to that rally, but he actually, having spoken to me about it, he sat down and thought about it, and he was like, I actually don't want to be associated with him or with that rally or Britain First or those opinions. And he was the one who, you know, I don't want to ruin the documentary for you if you ain't seen it, but he comes out really well by the end. He actually managed to turn his life around, which was pretty impressive considering where he was. When you end up homeless in this country, it's very, very difficult to get out of that cycle of hostels to homelessness, hostels to homelessness. Um, and it was really, really inspiring to see that he actually, he actually done good. Well done, man. I haven't really, I wish I'd done something like that. I think I can, I've talked about this before on stage, but I do, I worry sometimes that I've created racists. And what I mean by that is, like, because I'm so rude or I can be sort of abrupt, that, like, if I was in a shop or something and there was a guy that was sort of thinking, I'm starting to hate Asians, and then I talk to him, <laughs> I reckon he might walk away from that exchange going, yeah, I do fucking hate him. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, like, push him over the edge. Do you know what I mean? That's what I get nervous about. I reckon there's somebody going, there'll be somebody, if you interviewed enough of them, and what, what made you join Britain first? It's fucking prick called Romesh. <laughs> I was working in Sainsbury's and I took too long to put his stuff through the checkout. He called me an arsehole and I thought, fuck you, lazy-eyed brown bastard. <laughs> but that's amazing that you did that, man. And, and is that... Are you going into those things... When you went to... When you started to do that show, did you do that because you had a personal interest in it or were you approached to make that show? Um, I was approached with the idea... Um, but then I realised actually living in London we do exist in a bubble and we have no idea what's going on for the most part up and down the country and that's something that, you know, travelling up and down the country for all of the seven films that I've made, I've learned a hell of a lot about the situations that people are going through up and down the country um, and there's people who are a lot more worse off than, you know, than we are and a lot more destitute, absolutely barren towns. But with really outdated views, sadly. Do you think there's an argument that, like, I mean, what you've done there? Because the thing is, is that when the, the the textbook thing to think is when you think about people being racist or whatever, and we all, it's very easy to dismiss those. But you know, like, you even think about what's happened this year in this country with like the debates about Brexit and stuff like that. It's like people. It's very easy to dismiss people who are anti-immigration or whatever as like racist thugs. They're idiots. They're morons. But there is an argument, and what you talked about, what you did with that kid, there is an argument 
that those people uh, are vulnerable. They become disenfranchised. And so they get caught up in this thing because they've got nothing else. Nothing else. And, actually, and that was it for him. It was like it was the camaraderie. It was like he felt like he had a place of belonging, which is, I mean, it's not somewhere I'd want to belong. But when you have so little, you are completely disenfranchised and exist on the fringes of a society where they feel like their face is pushed up against a window, you know, and there's everything that they want or need. Actually, sometimes it's just basic necessities that are on the other side of it that they don't have access to. And at that point, become vulnerable. And, you know, some of them don't have the smarts to avoid being leveraged. And it's not just, you know, some, it's not just racism. There's, there's, there's a lot that people get leveraged into because they feel like they don't have any other options. And are you doing any more? Have you got any more of those coming up? Um, at the moment, I'm just concentrating on, on the album. Plug one, plug two. Guest plugs for you. Uh, so what have you got coming up music-wise? Um, just released photographs featuring Rag and Bone Man. The video came out last week. Thank you. Um, off the back of that, I used a line from the chorus as a hashtag. Wish that I took more photographs of us. It's all about, you know, there being people that I wish I had more photographs of or with who for one reason or another are not around anymore. And I started posting pictures of those people with that hashtag. And the day after the release, so within 24 hours, thousands of people had put pictures up of the people that they love and had lost. And it started to become this huge public forum for people to grieve openly, which led to the idea, which I think is a good thing. I think we have a really shit attitude towards death and grieving in this country. We tend to repress a lot, which makes, you know makes for a lot of problems later on if you if something needs to come up and out and you repress it it will just commit you sideways um and that's led to the start of a petition to introduce a national day of grief awareness and where so go on change.org and find it because we're really nearly at 150,000 signatures already and um it's kind of mad to just put a song out that started out selfish it was just me talking about what i cared about um but it is connected with people really really quickly and next year, we're going to drop in an EP in January and, and just loads more music throughout the year. I can't bloody wait. Amazing. Um, now, Rupert, just before we finish up here, yep. you've had a bit of time. Have you thought of a trapped in the closet bit? I, I forgot to think about it. Okay, fine. Uh, okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, can you please give it up for Professor Green? Uh, now... We are, we, you're going to perform for us later on. Uh, we're going to have an interval now. Uh, are there any, we were, we're not going to do a Q&A, are we? Not, what, Q&A? Yeah. I don't know. don't know if I trust them. Well, I did think, I was thinking about it, but these, most of the people that have spoken have been arseholes. <laughs> Give it a go, mates. Uh, we'll take two questions. Any questions? Yes. Do I know the score in the Arsenal Spurs game? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Where do you think I've been for the last hour, mate? Have you seen me check my fucking phone, bro? <laughs> it's on down here. Oh, yeah, it's bad news. Oh. Okay, thanks for that question. Any more? You're sounding like you said nah, Professor you Green. you added, you fucking keep him. It sounded like you said, Professor Green, will you F my baby? Okay, the Q&A was a mistake. Uh, okay, so what's going to happen now, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to have an interval, uh, and then we're going to have some performances from Barney Artists, Kaz is Dead, and Professor Green. 
and then we have got a DJ set from DJ Yoda. Uh, have a drink, enjoy yourselves. Give it up one more time for Professor Green. See you shortly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. Mine, enjoying yourself? Yeah, I thought he's bad boy. There's some people here that don't look hip hop, but <laughs> let's be honest, I don't look like hip hop. Are you a hip hop fan, bro? Yeah? What's your f? Oh shit. What's going on? I don't know. Can we? Hey, can someone answer their phone, please? Hello? Hello? Hey, I'm here. Chuck D, ladies and gentlemen! Chuck, thank you so much for calling, mate. Man, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, ladies I, am, I may have a little feedback um, on my headphones, but we got to be kind of thankful for this technology. We, we waited we waited all our hip-hop tenure for this these days to happen, so... Yeah, here we are. Uh, Chuck D, you are uh, talking to a room of people that think you're an absolute legend, mate. Uh, so, uh, Chuck, um, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. We're seeing a very attractive freeze frame of you right now. Well, we're not. We were seeing a freeze frame of you. It's gone now. Yeah, but at least I can hear you. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it like being a legend? I'm not no damn legend. If I catch a flat, I got to figure out how to fix it. Uh, what are you up to, Chuck? You wake up, you 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 know, you breathe, you, you're blessed for that. And you figure out how you're going to eat, sleep, and everything else along the way and, and, and help people along the way. Now, as far as hip-hop is concerned, my only goal is to try to see how much of a service I could be because if you can't be a service to to what this thing that has given us, then, then I got to start asking myself, what am I doing? And at this stage and age, it's crazy. And what is your uh, what is your take on where hip hop is right now? Are you feeling good about it? Everybody got to be accountable and responsible to their demographic and audience. If you can't turn your crowd out, then you got a problem. So you can't compare Migos to Bone Thugs or or Run DMC. You can't compare groups or eras like that. It's just like it's like people that grew up and they Beatles fans might ne not necessarily been fans of Fleetwood Mac. But, you know, the thing about it, you gotta, we got to study other music, and that's, that's the beauty about hip-hop and rap music. It starts from DJ culture. And DJ culture means you have to know the records, know the producers, know the artists, know the singers, and know the history of music, and that helps us understand what we got to do with our thing. I mean, y'all right there, and, and, and for a person in hip-hop not to know that Iron Maiden might be over at the O2 putting 80,000 people there, you know, a hip-hop cat is supposed to know that. Not to say that we emulate that, but we're supposed to know that. We're supposed to be masters of records. That's what Van Bader taught us. Uh, uh, Chuck, can I ask you an honest question? Sometimes, yeah. when you listen to a lot of hip-hoppers out now, do you sort of think, oh, God, that's dog shit? Say what? Do you nah, I, I, I play records every every week for the last 10 years. We have our show on Rap Station, which is relaunching in a real pow powerful um, plan on, on January 1st. And it's gone. I've done a show called And You Don't Stop for 10 years. And it's very powerful. 
and I play artists every week. Matter of fact, we got a segment in our show and a station channel on our station called Planet Earth, Planet Rap, and it highlights playing international MCs. Uh, and we tell people all around the world, it's like, I mean, especially in the United States, where they're a little full of themselves. We say the best hip hop comes from everywhere else in the world. Don't get it twisted. They've been doing it for 40 years. You don't do it for 40 years and be whack. So the state of hip hop today means what and where. You know, we're around the whole planet. If you're going to look at it from a United States corporate standpoint, you're going to be locked into that. If you look at it as far as hip hop and what it offers to the world, you need to check out the world. And that means even y'all in, in London and the UK, y'all need to figure out, you know, okay, this thing's happening on the southern hemisphere of the planet that y'all kind of might not be paying attention to, and they've been coming rough. Now, you don't know no Portuguese because you don't know nothing about Brazil. That doesn't mean they ain't doing it. They doing it, they in front of capacity crowds, and they speaking in their language and spitting. I mean, right across the, the water in, in France, that's the second largest hip-hop nation in the world for the last 25 years. You gotta ask yourself, um, is it only you know relegated to English-speaking or American-speaking <clears throat> um, artists. It's not. So that's one of the advantages I have for being in uh, my uh, public enemy, being in my travels, to be able to say, all right, it ain't about me coming to y'all, but it's me being able to see what y'all doing and how can we make that ride where we at. You got a round of applause, Chuck. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, what hip-hop are you listening to at the moment? Hip hop uh, on a moment. Uh, what are you? Well, what, what are your, who are your favorite artists right now? And on that top ten was rising up twenty four hours, and that's Pharrell Munch. Pharrell Munch and, and, and um, Lil Fame from MOP. So I don't care what year that that I don't care who compares to that. All I know is that 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 record is sick, and that's number one. I'm listening to right at this moment. Uh, okay, and you've got a new album, right, Chuck? Yeah, it's called Celebration of Ignorance. And it's actually a theme that was coming off of the uh, astrologer um, theorist uh, Carl Sagan. It said that giving in to machines instead of realizing how we can get the most of, out of ourselves as human beings is a, is a rabbit hole that, that we're falling into as a, as a world and society. So we could, you know try to figure out how to keep our head up. And uh, it was a fun record. I had a great time doing it. Um, speaking about who's on it, um, I co-conspirator of Project Experience Millennium, which is PE 2.0. Uh, Jahi was a, a, you know, he co-rhymed it with me and co-wrote it with me. And it was produced by a C-Doc, the Warhammer. And um, they're longtime con contributors on the Spit Slam record label group. And we're having a lot of fun with that label. We just released cassettes, and, we, <laughs> and this is kind of dope. So I went out and got me a cassette player, and I'm banging the hell out of my cassette player. I mean, the one for the crib with the cassette decks. And um, the same day I went out and bought me a copy of uh, Raising Hell, another copy of Raising Hell by Run DMC. So, so you already understand that my head ain't my head ain't ain't where. Uh, it's programmed to be. It's, it's where it's at. It's where hip-hop lives. Uh, well, listen, Chuck, it's been an absolute honour to speak to you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you get Chuck D's new album. Chuck, thank you yeah. so much, man, for your time. We really appreciate you. You're a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Chuck a, D. You got a box, your cassette, you know.
that's a box. That's for your box, son. Ladies and gentlemen, we just spoke to Chuck D. How sick was that? Are you enjoying yourself so far tonight? Yes. Okay, our next act is a very good friend of mine. Uh, he is going to be massive. Please, can you give it up for the one, the only, Bonnie Artist? Oh, hip hop, hip hop, yo, check. Go wild, go crazy. For Cassie's dead. Yeah, I took a little break from trafficking free. Trafficking free, trafficking free. Freely a CSL on a late play. In bait, got Bowie bagging in the tape. Big brick Nokia, man playing snake. Man, I play snake, man, I play snake. I see that yellow bone, she got mad yellow cake. Says she's available today for Miss Cool Tennis. Now I'm getting jealous, maybe I was overzealous. See, I tend to oversell it. But when I first saw her, it was end credits. Got the text dibs on the fellas. Straight to her premises, it's always the premise. Satisfaction guaranteed, that's a promise. She's not one for chat, I'm, I'm just being honest. honest. Go wild, go crazy. For Professor Green! What? You can run, but that's harder. Dancing between the cracks and back home, but there's many murders you never heard about. What do you think they call it the murder mark? Cause they talk about violence like they know when this is never what their life was. So righteous, when a few weeks ago we're pulling this to struck up minor. On my old arrow. Good old up, a Captain Arrow. Norfolk, Wigan, Southwark, leave you in the go. Let me see your hands. Two steps. Take a few steps with me. Left foot, back foot. When I walk right here. So follow the trend if you want to stand a chance. Follow the steps and let's do the upper class with us. Indigo, thank you very much. Pick up Roman. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 